0: and intelligence in youth representing mental health specifically for the feeling of anxiety and digestible and barrier-free language a project made possible because of the funding from making the future fund rcds and sip
1: sorry about that my dad just walked in so a little awkward but we're good <laughs> we would love to hear more about your book rudy's Belly of Bees, which is a great title. Could you share what inspired you to write this?
2: Yeah, so really the in the oddest ways, I think it's been the pandemic. I think a lot of people can attest to the fact that the last year inside has, for a lot of people, kind of sparked creativity. We've had to look within ourselves a lot. For myself, it was sitting there last April, and May, especially when things started to get a little bit more real. Like, okay, this isn't just two weeks. And I realized in a lot of ways there were things that I was struggling with, and I couldn't quite figure out why I was struggling with those things. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, you know, as I'm sitting there going through the motions, and especially with a lot of anxiety, realizing how much of that really went back to my own childhood. And it's not to say that things were terrible in my childhood, but it is to say there were many things that went unnoticed, because especially as I was born in 1999, being a kid in like early 2000s, it especially wasn't talked about. And you kind of develop and you you age, but these things, they continue with you. And so now, even mm-hmm. though I'm going to be 22 this week, a lot of the things I have to still deal with come back from those moments in childhood. So that's kind of where the inspiration came from. It was kind of like the frustration of why am I not dealing with things in this pandemic? Me connecting the pieces. And then it was kind of like, okay, I am me and that's fine. And I've gone down this path. But now how can I make sure that I can reroute the path for children of the future?
0: Wow. (laughs) That sounds great. Like using your own experience and providing something for the public and community to be using. I obviously think it's a great book and a great idea, but what steps did you have to take to have this initiative started? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) So I
2: think it's one thing to be like, okay, so I have this issue, now I wanna make it better. And then I wrote, so I'm in journalism program. Writing has always been my coping mechanism. So I realized this could be my tool. Great. Okay, I'm going to write a book. I wrote it, no problem. A couple of weeks, it came together. And then you're kind of like, okay, it's not really a journalism piece. Why so I go and I pitch it to the Toronto Star, but it can't sit in my Google Drive forever. <laughs> but the, the publishing world was huge and I didn't know anything about it. So it was first saying... I think I have something, I'm not sure what it is, I'm not even sure what the publishing world looks like. And then from there, it was kind of like, okay, I need to make a whole game plan. So what makes a book what it is? So it's one, literally getting printed. How do I get that? Okay, well, I need a publisher, unless I self publish. And then Mm -hmm. it was going through, okay, so I actually have to, I do have to pitch this, but it's not pitching like the five W's, this is pitching a book. So it was creating the whole plan between self-publishing or publishing house okay if i go publishing house what's the difference and then once i got that figured out i I'm, i kind of went a medium size i instead of self-publishing instead of publishing house i'm with Frozen press which is a, a mix of both and then it was kind of like okay so if someone likes the words great and they're gonna they're gonna publish it and that takes care of a lot of like the legal stresses of it but then it's kind of who's going to draw this thing I don't draw and who's going to like help me market this thing and then Mm -hmm. you kind of get there and you're like okay so I got a team and I got an amazing illustrator who's doing this with me but it's thousands of dollars (laughs) so the last process is finding out how you fund a project that's almost ten thousand dollars wow
1: that's like a (laughs) big step like and that's a lot you're putting on, on on the line like not just you; it's a team effort, and it's a team I effort. Under- sure. Exactly. So I understand how that could be stressful. Uh, how did you kind of cope with the stress of starting this own like project of your of your own?
2: Yeah. So I think like the writing it was great. It was a it was a great release point. I felt really motivated. The stress really did come from that money point of being like, I think I have something here. But the barrier to money, the the financial barrier that so many, so many folks experience is hard because you don't want to give up on something because of a price tag. And so really a lot of the support I I, I needed was financial. I had a great group of friends around me telling me like, this is good. You need to do it. You need to do it, which is amazing. And it helped me a lot to feel confident. But the actual financial support (laughs) was the point that I really needed. And so that's where the student groups like rcds making the future fun and sif was really the support i needed not only just taking the money and being like thanks but also going into those pitches and starting to feel more confident talking about it and getting to sit in front of a panel and you know when you go into that thing as much as it is being like you know give me your money it's also like believe in my dream and so that was also the support i kind of need from beyond just friends friends tend to kind of encourage you no matter what they'll be there for you i need people that actually have like okay this is actual money make me believe enough in what you think to invest in it so that helps. yeah to support you and your passions and everything
0: so that's amazing I think like definitely being a 22 year old and having the success, kind of starting your own initiative and kind of taking these steps and learning as you go is definitely something that we should all be really, I guess, like motivated by and to be having your story (laughs) shared is a great idea. Um, Would you have any advice for any students that want to start their own initiative, not only um, being author of their own book, but having an idea and turning into something of their own?
2: Right, I was talking to achi last week I had an interview with RCDS and the one line really to take away there was, I sound like a Nike commercial, but it's it's just do it. Like, I think there's so many barriers and we all come from intersections. I am a first-generation student. I'm a woman. I also, like I said, have the financial barriers of all of those intersections. And I think it's so easy sometimes to be like, but look what the odds are against me. And really, you just have to, <clears throat> as much as we can, be like okay but i'm not those things right now like right now i'm i'm an author and that's what i need to focus on doing so i think it's you have to get to the point when and, I, and it's it's tricky and i and I'm, even now i speak from a privileged place to be able to say this and i i recognize that but it's like you have to get to the point where you just do it and you you look past all the things that are going to try to stop you and say okay but these are the things that are going to make it possible and even if that's just writing it down i like these are the things that are going for me. okay, so yes, I'm a first generation student, but I'm here, and now that I'm here at Ryerson University, here's some funds that I have. Okay, great. And yes, I'm a woman, but I have an amazing group of women entrepreneurs in my life. So let's look at it on the flip side. And so there really it, there's something better I can say than as much as it's going against you, even if just two things going for you, ride those all the way to the sun.
1: Extremely inspirational, and I think a lot of folks don't understand um, how to use SIF and the process of SIF. So, I think it would be very beneficial to students who might have a passion project just like you and yourself. And I think it would be beneficial for them to hear um, some of the processes that you remember about SIF and how you used it.
2: Yeah, and applications are overwhelming because, again, you really have to get to a point when. You're not just going and asking for money. Like, it needs to be beyond just, oh, just give me, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Like, you really have to get to the place where you you solely, you really do believe. And that, you know, even if, say, you got one third of what you're asking for, that that's not going to make you give up. So, first step in that process is being ready. Being ready for the fact that you might not get all your money. So, what's the next step? And then also just really taking the time on the application. So with SIF, first you, you attend some workshops early on, so you can register, you go through a brief training. And then you have the written portfolio aspect where you talk about your project. And I would say, I don't want to, I don't want to say this properly. <laughs> you know, don't just kiss butt to try to get money. Like, again, if your idea is truly there and you, and you believe in it, it will speak for itself. So you, you don't have to do that really, again, that should get you to a point where you're not too stressed, that you can you can truly sit down and take the time to put the project down into words. And that should be, if you have that confidence and you've gone to that place with your project, that will lead you to the actual pitch. Now, the pitch is terrifying. Of all the funds I applied to, that was the biggest panel. So that is something you have to consider as you're, you're speaking to an audience. With Making the Future Fund, it was two people with RCDS, it was actually I would say it's a similar amount of people, a little bit less though, a little bit less. With SIF, I think if if anyone is thinking about applying to it, when you get there, if it's still all online, when the next time round goes, just you have the option to change the gallery views, make it as small as possible, and find one. Per- it's almost like if you're if you're actually speaking to a crowd, the piece of audience is always to find someone that's a comfort. You can do the same thing on exactly, Zoom. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you just got to find that one person that's like, right now, I know there's like a bunch of people here represented, because that's what SIFT's for, is the student initiatives. But like, I'm seeing you right now, so I'm going to, I'm talking to you, I'm going to funnel my thoughts to this person, and no one on Zoom knows, They're, they all, they all, on the screen yeah um, so just exactly. find that one comfort <laughs> yeah and then from there again let the project speak and I think it's really in the moment <laughs> but it's something that again focus energy into one person and the rest of it just to the thing you're passionate about and it will it'll will help drive you a bit.
0: Well, personally, I was on the SIF panel, and I was actually listening to your pitch, and it sounds very passionate that you really have the dream to do something like that. And I think that was really emotional or motivational for the rest of the panel to kind of give you full funding. I could t- definitely attest to the fact that having that drive and passion does kind of put your project above everyone else's. Um, something that I want to ask personally was this is like a big initiative. And it's not just kind of putting from point A to B, but having everyone kind of included to make this possible from an idea to a physical book. Um, How has this impacted your life, like maybe stress or how it helped you with your program, especially since you're in journalism? Um, Just something that this initiative did to kind of um, change a little course of your life or make a small little impact
2: said growing up that I wanted to be an author. It was always a goal to be published. I didn't think, I thought it was gonna be like a crime novel. I didn't think it was gonna be a children's book. That's been a surprise. <laughs> but when I've had that goal, I never thought I was gonna end up doing it in the fourth year of my program. <laughs> so in some ways it's been, it's been great, but it's been such a focus. So I will say in some ways, like, the time could have been better on my behalf because this thing is like, this is my, this is my child down a lot of ways. <laughs> It has taken some focus for sure and remembering that oh, I'm still a student, like I need to be able to, you know, go to class, focus on that. But in a lot of fun ways, too, I've been, I've been able to kind of bring it full circle with a, lot of my, with a lot of my programming I take through school now, which has been fun. But I would say the the really the key thing it's helped me with, in my life at least, has been kind of changing my perspective, though, on on who I am and how I can present myself. Like, I feel in, a, in an odd way, especially because I've I've gone to pitches now and I've, I've carried this thing with me. In classrooms, I'm a little bit more confident now. And I also have a much larger support group now from this, whether it just be from some of the folks I've encountered were hiring for the book, whether it's been the friends I relied on to help me edit the book. So even though it's been a real distraction, it's also provided me a lot of kind of a, a different point of view for myself makes me more confident in classrooms. It's also made me smarter, and literally, in a lot of ways, because I've learned, I've packed a lot in my brain in the last year. And then, yeah, the support of it all has really, really helped. This wouldn't happen without a team. Yeah, like,
1: you just touched on, like, a bunch of skills that you were able to develop and improve on, like, internally and externally um, during this creation of this passion project and i think it's pretty amazing that you're able to like be very self-aware of it and i think that a lot of people don't realize that you can develop a lot of skills and learn a lot like it's not just developing this project you're developing yourself really and so i think that's something to really dive into i was going to ask what was the skill that you developed that you think was the most important through this whole process that you think you're going to use throughout your whole future?
2: I the management skills of it because it starts, as, it starts alone. I wrote this just in my bedroom and at my kitchen table. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great, cool. And at that point, the only name on it is your own. Great. The moment you start pitching it and the moment you hire an illustrator and the moment you take it to panels for funding, it becomes, it's not just me. So even on the days I'm the most tired, I still owe my illustrator that complete, focus when i'm giving her feedback because if not and she designed something i don't want i can't complain so i'm in the driver's seat but it's a whole car um and i would like to I, it's almost like it's almost like a car but we all have a hand on the wheel you know i'm kind of like at the one at the top like being like eh, let's go this way but everyone's hands on that and mm-hmm. i need to make sure that car has gas i need to make sure those wheels are completely pumped up this says all right now i don't have a car i don't know we gotta make sure the oil is <laughs> changed like I got to make sure this thing's driving as smooth as possible and I'm taking a direction that's not like a dirt back road that's bumpy. So we want to go down the freeway. <laughs> and so it's definitely this is a crazy analogy for someone that doesn't have a car, but <laughs> it's definitely been the management though of making sure that not only is it getting done the way that makes me happy, but that makes the whole team happy because I will make sure that it's not just my name on that cover. There's going to be an illustrator with me on that front flap, there's gonna be all these initiatives that help me get funded. There's gonna be and impressed. So the actual management skills and having that again, it really goes back to that confidence of being like, yeah, I deserve to be the one driving the car. Cause it's really easy, especially, I mean, we go through a lot of group projects in university and it's really easy to say, we all have a part. We all we all drive the car. But no, like this is one that I, I am the focus on. And it, it it is on me and people which is crazy, are now employed by me. There is someone that is getting funded by me now through extension of other funds to help me complete this work. So being able to have the confidence to know what I'm asking for, to be able to have that foresight of what's next, what are we aiming for has been something that, especially even with school in fourth year and as I'm about to leave now and graduate, it's like I have a little bit more clarity when it comes to moving with my projects.
0: So you definitely mentioned that um you're on the track to graduate. Is there any plans or any um goals that you have outside of Ryerson or when you graduate what are the next things you want to do?
2: Yeah, I, I think my Instagram bio says it great. I just says I'm a, I'm a creative a chaotic creative. <laughs> and it's like I I do I just see myself creating. Um I do have a 9 to 5 job that I work and like for me that's great to provide income and I love what I do that I work in communications, but after graduation I think when school is a structure that kind of goes away and I have a little bit more time it will be continuing to create I always think there'll be something coming out of my body one way or another I I, I usually am running a blog which I took a break on recently but I'll probably get back into that and I think I really I am who I am because I express and I think that's something that I especially after leaving create a program I need to ensure that I'm still nurturing is that creative side to myself and making sure that yeah I have my nine to five I make my living I learn some hard skills and I, I get to connect with people and then at the end of the day I'm still creating these extensions of myself that I'm gonna get to leave behind that was kind of bagged by creating
1: <laughs> no definitely I think you said it perfectly nurturing your creative side is really important and I think a lot of us are realizing during this pandemic that we have so many passion projects that we didn't have time for before? And I was going to ask you, did you create have any new recent passion projects during this pandemic? Have you found anything
2: new about yourself or anything like that? And it's I think I always try, especially recently, I've been trying to look at the bright side with the pandemic, like so much is tragic and so much is hard which we could focus on forever, but I've been trying to recently just say like, but look at how much people have been able to create. And that's been something I've been, I, my Instagram is now just all my friends' side business. And I swear it's like chocolate bombs and crocheting and I love it. Like everyone's into something now. And um, like that has been something foremost that I love is that we'll all be able to tap into this. And so for myself, a lot of the focus has been on, on the book but yeah, like as we continue and looking ahead, I want to get back into my blog and keeping that side up. One thing I did realize after the pandemic though is how much I actually hate social media, which is ironic because mm-hmm. I think I've spent like three years trying to build my social media and be this presence. And I just every like I have cycles. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is great. I'm hashtagging. I'm, it's great. I'm getting followers. I'm doing giveaways. And then next thing you know, I'm like, this account is private, to my friends only. I'm not dealing with this. I can't. I can't brand myself. So I've had more time in social media, and, and sorry, during the pandemic, to to mess with that side myself and see. Okay, I want to be creative, which in especially in pandemic times and in 2021 requires you to have a presence. So a part of myself recently has been figuring out what that present presence looks like and how do I run my social media in a way that's authentic to who I am but also representative of how again chaotic creative like I'm gonna be a children's book author but I still really can't blog where I talk about mental health so how do I blend all these sides to myself so that's gonna be something I gotta figure out next <laughs> of like how do I be a public figure while still being a very private person but also being like oh I love to talk to everybody
0: <laughs> yeah your your book definitely talks about like mental health and I would actually like to know more about how you manage your time so well because you have you're in a journalism student you're double minoring in uh, politics and psychology and then you also have your blog and initiative I think it'll be a great thing for us to know how you manage your time so well my therapist would love to know too
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely like I think I I hyper focus a lot but it's not to also like I think I need to reread Rudy's Moods a lot, too. <laughs> because it's kind of like, I I put so much pressure on myself because I know I have so much to give. I, I really have gained that confidence lately to be like, wow, I can create so much by dedicating myself. And so sometimes I feel like I owe it to people to be t- to create for them. And that's been a part, too, that's been tricky to navigate. It. Like, I navigate being a creator who wants to help, but also someone that's still human. <laughs> um. So, yeah, time management is definitely tricky because it's, I always want to give and give and give, and, and it, it's almost, it's, it can be toxic sometimes, and I'll answer to myself because it feels good, you know, you get feedback, this is amazing, we want more, and you're like, yeah, I want to give you more, and then, like you said, but I'm a student who's releasing a book, I'm trying to have a blog, I'm trying to figure out what the heck social media is for me, and after graduation, so time management for me really has just been Sometimes when I close that laptop, it's just putting it aside, going for a walk, and I, I think anyone can attest to. During the pandemic, is especially hard to time manage because there's nowhere for me to be other than here. So it's me and my laptop. And it's pretty easy to be like, well, I always have to be on, must well, but it's been finding ways to kind of retract my brain to be like, but you're human. Literally, take a shower have a coffee and don't turn your computer till at least 9 like and off by at least 6 and if you're on after that it has to feel good <laughs> if it's feeling stressful if it's just another thing i'm adding then then stop
1: definitely i think time management is a chaotic journey to get good at And I think during the pandemic, even people think, oh, you're at home all the time. It must be so easy to kind of, you know, uh, you don't have to go physically to work. You don't have to do this physically outside. But I think that people need to remember, and especially people in my house, I feel like they forget that we're still doing things. We're still logged in. We're still, you know, trying to figure out ourselves and like trying to do our jobs, trying to, you know do schoolwork online and I think people forget that just because everything's at home doesn't mean that our time management skills are suddenly
2: perfect because we're always at home so I I I think it's so easy for busy to be seen as productive and sometimes it's also like we fill that void I think and I do that a lot too I'm just like well I gotta do something then and sometimes I just get to a point am I even doing anything productive probably not So it's also having that self-awareness of being like, at this point, am I just, like,
0: filling this pandemic void? (laughs) I could definitely attest to that. (laughs) When, like, your parents see you sitting in front of a computer or a laptop for like eight hours they automatically assume you're doing homework but sometimes you're taking a break or you kind of like get sidetracked or something else but then it always seems like you're stuck in that position and you feel like you've been doing homework for the entire day when honestly you've only been doing it for like an hour or two and then getting sidetracked so I think like closing your laptop taking that walk actually makes you more productive at the end of the day and then it doesn't make you seem like oh my god I just wasted my entire day on this project that I didn't even get much done.
1: Exactly. It happens like 24-7 to me. And I think yep. that we're all <laughs> in this journey together. This has been thrown like we said this at, in every podcast. We, this is a complete new process. We're all learning how to deal with a pandemic lifestyle. And I think we always need to remember that we need to give ourselves a pat on the back because we're all doing the very best that we can. And at the end of the day, we have ourselves, so we need to respect ourselves and love ourselves. As cringe as that sounds, we should give no, ourselves the so benefit true. of
2: the doubt. And it's so easy to compare yourself. Like, I know, I, was thinking, mm-hmm. I know, so many people have told me too, being like, "Wow, it's amazing that you wrote a book." And it's always like me like in a loop because a lot of times I'm looking at someone else and being like, "Wow, look what they've done. I've done nothing." And there's someone behind me looking at me, and I'm looking at that person. That person's looking at someone else, and it's it's so easy that we almost sometimes drive each other into this cycle and you just have to realize that like we're all doing what we can. So for some people that looks like being able to manage a blog and a book and school amazing. And then and for some people that just looks like they get up in the morning and they go to school. Amazing. And there's been times like the book writing process for me hasn't been completely through. Like there around October, there was a break in between getting to freeze and pressed and then the pitches that I did later on. So these things are happening and I'm so glad that everyone is producing and getting all these new skills and, and creating but then also respecting that there's probably been so many down moments for so many people during that process that, of course I didn't post like the time I cried on my floor when I was writing Rudy's Moods no one knows about that time it just looks like I wrote this book but remembering that yeah we are all really this and unique and the ways that will come out of this will be different. But at the end of the day, if you come out of it, that's enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely see like experts or someone who did something so accomplished as like the final product and how it got so easy to be there instead of seeing every step they took to get there. And I feel like a lot of people could kind of use that motivation to let them start a business or start the first step but not kind of use that as an end goal kind of situation but kind of slowly move up there and I feel like what you said is completely true like seeing someone play soccer online or like on a television you think it's so easy but you forget all the hours they have to do to train or to get to that step
2: Mm -hmm. and that and and it's so tricky right because it's it's like in some ways we don't want to show a vulnerable side to ourselves because why would I you know I don't want I don't I don't I don't think how many people follow me on instagram 700 people want to see me cry but then it's like but then you have to have that perspective being like so i have created this like false reality in some ways that i think with rudy's moves especially i've been working to address that reality too of like what it takes to get here because i think like you said it inspires people to know that like if you and it goes back to me saying just do it like you don't have to do it today have it done by tomorrow and have a massive success by thursday it can be months it can be years and people move at their own paces and as long as you can make space for yourself and respect yourself in those timelines you're on a better track to success and being like but they did it in a month why am I not it doesn't matter they're different a hundred percent
1: and I think that like brings everything back to like It's easy to compare yourself and it's easy to be so your biggest criticizer or, you know, your biggest, biggest hater, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, that you are doing everything you can. And as long as you're happy and you're doing what you love, I think that's what's important. And I think that this is the best way to wrap up this podcast episode. I feel like we could talk for like an hours because we have touched upon so many important topics. And I think that we from me and Esther, we really appreciate you coming and joining us today and sharing to Ryerson students and whoever has tuned in about the successes and the behind the scenes of writing this incredible novel, like book for children. And I think it's really exciting. So go ahead and tell everyone where folks can find you, your social media, plug yourself for us
2: this feels like such a fame moment (laughs) so you can mainly find me uh the best place would be probably on instagram which is just at shanmarie.blog that's dot (laughs) eblog and yeah that's where i've been posting a lot of the updates about the book which will probably be on presale hoping for may maybe June we'll have to see the my illustrator is a children's book sorry is a children's teacher so she's going through the lockdown ins and outs so it's been affecting timelines a little bit so it'll be coming out and if you follow me there can't promise I'll always be there but I'm active I'm active (laughs) so yeah and thank you so much honestly for letting me come and talk about this it's been the funnest part lately has been okay i am done the writing part, except for some minor edits. We're, we're creating it now, and now it's time just to talk about it and hopefully get this into the hands of children so they can get onto a great path as well.
0: Definitely. Your book kind of inspires a lot of children, but not only that, I think the podcast kind of helps students get a little advice on how to start their own kind of um, initiative as well. And Judy's Mood, Belly of Bees, I feel like knowing... The, the steps you even took, like um, the fact that you cried kind of makes you <laughs> a little bit more um, of a real person. I don't know, like when you see a book, you kind of just see the success, but you don't know the steps that got to that point. And I feel like it's great that you shared a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. If, if anyone's thinking about book writing, prepare to look at one word for hours, because there are so many words in the English language that mean the same thing but some just sound better. <laughs> so my, my vague piece of advice, if you're going for the writing path, you're going to spend a lot of time on tedious things, but the pair is worth it.
0: So I just want to thank you, you and our viewers, and don't forget to check us out every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on student life, well, virus and student life and in, um, Instagram live.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Bye everyone.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye.